look at the darkness of the, the spirit. And so ultimately, we're going to spend maybe 70, 80, maybe 90 years on this yeah. earth. Yeah. This time here is limited. Yes. When you think about what happens to the soul, it continues. The yes. body goes, the mind moves, dissipates, but our spirit lives. And, and so how we nurture our spirit determines where we go. I want to welcome you to Hey, I'm Listening. I'm your host, Dr. Joan. This week, we're exploring a power-packed lineup of topics with Jay. And we might not even get to all of the topics because you've already been listening to our conversation. And so I think we're going to dive deep into some spiritual places. And I, I want to explore the fruits of the Spirit. So we were supposed to be talking about leadership and trust and finding peace and knowing God and building confidence. We're going to do all of that, but we're going to superimpose that into the fruits of the spirit. So welcome to the show, Jay. It's lovely to have you with me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This week, as I mentioned, we are talking about the fruits of the spirit. And Jay, you listed off the fruits of the spirit. And even as um, we're preparing to have our conversation, is there a fruit of the spirit that is an absolute before you can have the rest of the fruits of the spirit? I don't know if it's an absolute, but I think if we're really to walk in the fullness. And again, this is the fruit of the spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit is essential. Yes. Authority and development of the fruit. There's one fruit. One All fruit. One and yes. it's the spirits. It's the fruit of the spirits, as opposed to the fruits of the spirit. The fruit. The fruit. It's the fruit. And it, the fruit manifests itself ultimately in love. Th that is the ultimate. God is love. Yes. And said, they will know us by the love we have one for another. So ultimately, yes. it's how to demonstrate the fruit of love. And love, when you think about it, Christ died. I, I and, and if you look at the Gospels, I think all four Gospels mention that when they when they whipped him, they yes. had lead-tipped whips. Yes. And so we begin to think about what he went through for us. The ripping, yes. Love that kept him. And in addition to the whipping, he was nailed on the cross. That's love. Yeah. Because I think there are some folks I wouldn't go across the street. And so when you think about the ultimate fulfillment of the fruit, is, is love, but the hardest. And so in the book, there's a group of women, uh, a, a woman I've been mentoring for probably six years. Yeah. And the hardest difficult thing for them to do was to discipline themselves to read from Genesis, self-control, mm. Genesis to Revelation. And, and you can read the Bible in about 72 hours straight. Wow. But it's difficult for people to discipline themselves. And so once you get into the habit of doing that, the self-control, yeah. the next one is gentleness. Yes. We are so critical of ourselves. Yes. We, yes. we beat ourselves up. And so the next thing is how do we become more gentle and loving with ourselves? If we don't love who we are, how can we love others? And so after the self-control, it's the gentleness. And, and then after that, it's the faithfulness is how do you begin be, become committed. And so I've broken the clusters down. And the first one is knowing yourself. 
through self-control, gentleness, and faithfulness. The second cluster is sowing by serving goodness, kindness, and patience. Mm. Third cluster is glowing from your soul, joy, and love. And if you remember when when Moses came off the mountain, I think it was in in Exodus 34, it says he was glowing. Yes. The Spirit of God, he had to put a veil over his face. When we begin to glow with the love of Christ, yes, we begin to shine forth. And so each cluster, cluster one, is, is the basics of how do we get to know ourselves? So there's knowing, there is serving, and then there's glowing. There's knowing, there's sowing to serve. Sowing to serve. Knowing yourself, sowing by serving, glowing from the soul. So it's knowing, sowing, and glowing through the fruit of the Spirit. And and the thing is, is when you get to peace, you're able to sit in the midst of chaos when all hell is breaking loose and you have that peace. Yes. That's for me where, and, and you look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they were coming to take him, there was a peace about him. Peter, put away your sword. And and when we get to that peace, we will then, I believe, influence the world with all the craziness we see around us. How do we remain calm and peaceful and confident? The next one is joy. And how do you allow that joy to flow through you in the craziness when people are calling you all kinds of names, when they're rebuking you for not following this perspective? You've got that joy. And then the love flows. And so ultimately, it's the fruit of love. You know, I've been using, uh, thank you for that. Uh, very insightful. I love the knowing, the sewing by serving and the, the glowing. I've recently brought on eight individuals to my team and have been moving through the process of training them in the becoming method, which is the practice that I use. And um we went to a retreat and it was a really powerful time. It was the first time we'd met each other in person. And so it was a really powerful time of just communing with one another. Some uh, lovely miracles happened while we were there. And so we celebrated that. And then we came back and of course, life gets moving again. And one of the things that we started doing was we started reading the book, The Map of Consciousness. It's written by a gentleman named David Hawkins. And Hawkins has, uh, if you can imagine, a chart. And the chart uh, begins by speaking about the levels of consciousness. And he has divided the levels of consciousness into three areas. Uh, the the top area is what he calls the spiritual uh, paradigm. And mm-hmm. so incorporates all the fruits of the spirit. And then he has a second paradigm, which he calls reason and integrity. And that incorporates things like uh, courage, uh, reason, acceptance, uh, willingness. Um, And then at the bottom, he has uh, what's called the survival paradigm. Mm. And the survival paradigm are what we would call the dark emotions or the darkest states of being. And so he has at the very bottom, shame. And then shame is next to death. Uh, People who are very much ashamed 
are always in a space of uh, pretty much wanting to die. And then uh, he goes up to guilt and then he goes up to apathy and then grief and then fear. And then from fear, it goes up to desire and then up to pride. And um, after pride comes courage and all the ones that I mentioned. And then once you get to the spiritual, the very top of the spiritual is the light, the enlightenment of uh, the individual. So I I tell this long story because I started working with my team. And one of the things in order to be an excellent team, one of the things that we strive for is to be in the spiritual paradigm. And so that means on a regular basis, we assess, uh, I assess our team's level of consciousness. And so our team went from love, then it went to joy, then it actually went to peace. Uh, But the, the thing that was interesting to me is that we could have like a dominant group who is in the space of love or joy or peace, but there would be four others. So there's nine of us on the team. There'd be five of us that are in the spiritual paradigm and then one or two in the reason and integrity paradigm, which is the second. And then there'd be two that would be in the in the survival paradigm. So I'd reach out to the two who are in the survival paradigm and I'd say, hey, you're in guilt last week. You were in shame this week. You're in grief. Come on in. Let's take care of that. And it amazed me. It amazed me that some of these folks were constantly out there trying to serve other people. (laughs) And yet they would not serve themselves. They would not actually make themselves healthy enough to even go out and serve. It was fascinating to me. And I had to eventually make a decision, Jay. I had to make a decision to that the four individuals that I felt were not actively about healing self and were not actively about loving self and were not actively about caring for self, that they would need to depart from us. (laughs) It's a decision that I had to make for business reasons, but I think on a regular basis, that's perhaps something that happens. I'd be interested in knowing your thoughts, but it struck me that you are very much in congruence with that upper level that David Hawkins talks about. And now the question that I have for you is, okay, so if there are these other elements, for example, the survival paradigm, and then, you know, the reason integrity, which is kind of in between. And then you go up to um, what is called spiritual. If we are to take the people in the Bible, for example, mm-hmm. which character in the Bible sits in what we would call a consciousness of shame? Anyone that immediately pops up? Jezebel. 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 And what would make you say Jezebel has shame? I look at her, her life. Yes. She worshipped Baal. Yes. And and so I look at where her spirit was. Yes. Very dark. And and just when when, when Elijah, she she wanted to kill Elijah. Yeah. Yeah. But when I look at the darkness, and not just Jezebel, Judas. Yes. We look at the darkness of the the spirit. And so ultimately, we're going to spend maybe 70, 80, maybe 90 years on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. Time here is limited. Yes. When you think about what happens to the soul, it continues. The yes. body goes, the mind moves, dissipates, but our spirit lives. And, and so how we nurture our spirit determines where we go. I'm on the I'm 70. So I'm I'm on the last stages of my life here in this <laughs> You could you could live to 120, Jay. <laughs> to be honest with you, I really don't want to. 
I, my, my desire is to go home. This, this is not our home. And so spiritually, how we nourish and develop, yes. we're, I think we're preparing our souls for the kingdom after this. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about the fruit, it, it, it ranges from me when we talk about self-control from yes. fear to faith. And those lower stages you talked about, and even those people who you have to let go, th- there's a pain, a suffering. And I think about the seeds, the yes. soul, the seeds that that didn't grow, that were cast out. They were, they were, they were the death showing of the devil. Mm. You have those who there was some some growth, but because of their association, their mindsets, they went back to the old. The group in the middle, and this is where I think the church is sometimes, those who are in between the world and the word. Yes. They're in church, they want to serve God, but they also want to have the good life. Yes. And so you, you have that, but it's the ones where the, the seed grow. They produce 30, 60, 100 fold. Those are, for me, the seed that are spiritually sound. They are mature. And they're bringing those who are coming through this world into the kingdom through the spirit. I would say for those 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 four you mentioned, uh, I sit on the board of the Center for Creative Leadership in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina. I've been involved with leadership development 35 years. But it's important. And so there are three levels of, of 70% of our learning takes place by doing. It's the actual application. Yes. 20% is coaching, mentoring. Yes. 10% classroom. Yes. We flip that thing around and, and we put 90% of the growth on the classroom. And if you don't take and apply what you've learned, it dies. But the other thing that's important, and this is what Jesus did with the disciples, he mentored and coached them. Yes. Having mentors. And so when I think about those four, uh, as a leader, we would put development plans together, but there's a point where you, you, you're you not getting the return and you have to make some decisions. Yeah. So you hope that those four will find and grow and take the feedback and develop themselves. But if your goal is to have a productive business, how do you take those who are in that middle to that higher level and develop those skill sets? And that's where the development piece is so important. And having development plans. One last thing I'll say before I shut my mouth. Is <laughs> our leadership program, I we were I worked at Yale New Haven Health System. So we were very close in partnership with Yale School of Management. Yeah. And we an assessment it was called the Hartman Value Profile, developed by Dr. Robert S. Hartman, uh, who was very close friends with Abraham Maslow. Hmm. Uh, people believe that he had a heavy influence on Maslow's hierarchy of need. Right. But but the the assessment forces you to take a look at your work life and your personal life. And is asking, are they in congruence? Because we don't stop being who we are when we go to work. We right. take that with us. But if we're not finding that joy, that peace, it talks about self-regard, criticism, our values. If that's not aligned, we're incongruent. Mm. So when we talk about those individuals in the spiritual, I think, I don't think I know that's what God wants his children to be. And right. our leaders are responsible for developing the sheep to bring them to that place. Mm. But in order to bring them, the leaders have to know what that looks like. And Mm. if they don't know it, they can't grow it. Right. 